We welcome you to the Lutheran Prayer Hour. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, reading from Matthew, the 21st chapter. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophets, saying, 
Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey and on a colt the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! O Lord, have mercy on us! Thanks be to God! In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hosanna! Stir up your power, O Lord, and come. Save us by your mighty deliverance. This is the cry of the crowds at the fulfillment of the prophet's words, See, your king is coming to you humble, righteous, and having salvation. This is also the cry that we take up from the beginning of a new church year. Our faith is focused on our King again and what His comings, both in the flesh and then in the glory to come, are all about. He is Jesus. He is the Lord who saves His people from their sin. Hosanna. Now, this isn't really the cry that we expect a king to get. We don't have an earthly king at all, so we probably don't know much about royalty. But we do know the old phrase shouted and sung at coronations and high national festivals, Long live the king! God save the king! That makes more sense in our world, I suppose. Everything serves the needs of the king. He demands our homage, our prayers are for his benefit. We can change the name in a few words of the tune, but face it, God save the state just doesn't have the same ring to it. Royalty has its appeal. The symbols of a country are subject to all sorts of disrespect, but a living symbol, a person, can demand respect. But there's a sad side to it also, isn't there? God save the king. 
says something about the limits of his powers. The full statement is, the king is dead, long live the king, the next king, that is. Long live the king is a sort of pious wish. At best, it's a prayer, and we pray for the long life and health of our president and other leaders, even though they're not royalty. But either way, the king himself needs saving. He needs those prayers. Even the most monarchical of rulers thrives on the support and favor of the people. And this is the contrast we see in Christ Jesus. He comes humble, not on a war horse, but on a beast of burden. He comes not to receive the cheers and pious prayers of long live and God save. Just the opposite. Lord, save us. And in order to do that, the crowds must certainly not say long live the king. This king is destined to die. That is how he saves. The answer to the crowd's prayer, Hosanna, is that other cry Jerusalem is known for, crucify. Hosanna to the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is recorded across the four Gospels, that the crowds say these words and apply them to Jesus. How does that happen, though? How does the crowd know to say these things when Jesus comes? You've seen crowds start a, a short little chant that rhyme at ball games or protests, but how could they sing something like this together? Well, the answer is easy, of course. They already knew it. This is Psalm 118. This is the Jewish liturgy. It's part of their scriptures. It's something they had been singing from childhood. We know this song too, dear saints, or we ought to know it by now. And yet I can't help but notice that sometimes when I look out across congregations, I see noses in books and eyes gazing downward. It's as if everybody is waiting for me to spring a surprise on them. So you have to follow the hymnal and the bulletin at all times. Well, I won't do that, and I hope your pastor won't do that. Because we want you to know these words so well that you can say them and sing them without looking. I invite you this year in your church to take on this challenge. Put the book away. You could take it out for the hymns, of course, but learn to trust yourself with these words, with the words of the liturgy, of the ordinary, week-in and week-out words that we say, all so that you will know them by heart. That's uh, what makes our Lutheran service accessible for so many people, for children who can't read at all, for those with mental disabilities who can't handle change, for mothers juggling children who don't have a hand free to grab a book at all, and for those who can no longer read because their eyesight is gone. And yes, when the time is right, we are prepared also to sing these songs and pray these prayers in many other places too, when we don't know what words of our own to utter, but when we need reliable, faithful, and true words and prayers to pray. Hosanna, Lord, save now. Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, have mercy on me. Grant me peace. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. These are words that the subjects of God's kingdom learn. They're the war chants and the pledges of allegiance and the national anthem of the church. But how different they are from the political rhetoric that bombards us. 
how much more profound and otherworldly they are than even the quaint language of royalty that we know only from books or movies. When the things we say are different for a reason, dear Christians, they're not the words of worship, that is, duty and praise and subservience to royalty, kingly or otherwise. No, we say that they are the words of the divine service. They are the words that confess who our God and King really is. Not a tyrant, not a Caesar, not an intergalactic emperor seeking our homage, but a Savior. Our God saves. He comes to us. He stoops low to heal and rescue. It is true that he is enthroned upon the praises of Israel and upon our lips also. But how? The words we learn by heart and sing are words that talk about what he does for us. They are words of the gospel. They are summed up in the word we can't bring ourselves to translate out of Hebrew, Hosanna, which would be translated, Lord, save now. And so also, the songs of the Holy Trinity are the songs of salvation. Show us thy mercy and grant us thy salvation. God, save us. Our songs are not prayers for the life of our grand emperor, but thankfulness for the atoning death of our humble king. Join me again this year, dear saints. We begin another round of hearing the same words and singing the same songs. It's true. But we sing them because of who our king is. He is the king who comes to show his glory and his power in this way, chiefly by showing mercy. He is the king who wants to be enthroned, not in jewels and gold, but on a cross and crowned with thorns for our eternal good. He is the king who is enthroned upon our praises and confessions, not because we must keep him alive, but because our songs are all about his rescue and deliverance of us. And he would have us hear these words again. Observe his work of salvation again, and sing these songs of deliverance again, so that they would be embedded and buried deep in our hearts for our comfort and confidence. Hosanna, save us by your mighty deliverance. Stir up your power, O Lord, and come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. The Lutheran Prayer Hour is brought to you each Sunday morning by the Lutheran Congregations of the Missouri Synod in southeast North Dakota. This morning's broadcast was conducted by the Rev. Sean Denzer, pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church in Great Bend. If you have no church of your own, we extend a cordial invitation to hear God's Word with us at one of our Southeast Circuit congregations. You can find service times, sermons, and other information for the faithful Lutheran Church nearest you at sendlcms.org. That's S-E-N-D-L-C-M-S dot O-R-G including Trinity Great Bend, the sponsor of this morning's broadcast. If you have any questions about the Bible, the Lutheran Church, or any comment regarding this broadcast, address them to KBMW 605 Dakota Avenue, Wapaton, North Dakota, 58075. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen.